You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Houghton. Well, that's me. Good morning, everybody. And good morning to everyone in lovely downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania, on a nice day. They were coming in by the droves this morning. Did you see that, Steve? I did. Tons, <laughs> tons of people waiting there at the glass window. Over. We had a guy come in last week um, in a helicopter. Really? <laughs> yeah, landed in the parking lot and uh, came in. And I don't, I don't know if he bought a car or not or what he did, or <laughs> but it was still pretty cool. I, I, we could have used a helicopter this morning. <laughs> yes, you could. That would have been a little traffic jam coming little, out little, of uh, – A little, little note to the Pennsylvania Turnpike Commission. <laughs> put if I'm getting Yeah. If I'm getting through the toll gate and the exit, the entrance to the Turnpike is closed just beyond the toll gate, let people know. Ahead of time. So you don't make the mistake of going – I guess you had to go the wrong way. I had right? to go north for six you months. You know, I um, – it's funny. You, we, one day I was leaving to go somewhere from here, and I went the wrong way on the turnpike. <laughs> and it's 15 miles that way and 15 miles back, and it's like, oh, my God, there's a half hour gone. So. Pe- people out west don't realize this because on the uh, freeway system in L.A., it's every block. It's right. about every yeah, other block. Exactly. If you miss your exit, you just get off at the next one. Turn exactly. Around. So, yeah, but this is not L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, I guess. I guess. So, uh, well, some interesting news this week or yep. last week or whenever we're on. The burning ship in the middle of the Atlantic All Ocean. Right. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. There's a, uh, they said there's 1,100 Porsches. Oh, no. 189 Bentleys. Oh, my gosh. And then the rest, I guess, are a smattering of Audis and Volkswagens. I think there was 4,000 vehicles, or there is, or are, or were, 4,000 vehicles on the uh, – uh, ship and it's burning and drifting and I guess there's a salvage crew going out there today. But they said the Porsche factory had sent not only there's not only you know dealer cars there's also some race cars on there too. So you know teams that are that are Porsche teams over here in the U S were waiting on their uh, uh, race cars to come over oh. here as well too. And there could be some of those on there as well too. Oh so uh, just another thing for the you know the new car dealers to have to mm-hmm. worry about. I, I was at uh, the GMC dealer the other day up in. Uh, Reading, they have no inventory. I mean, they just can't get cars. So, um, and I guess you know a lot of us do with the ships, and then I think a lot of us to do is when they do get inventory in, everybody buys them. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the grocery store. Yeah, you know, it used to be you bought, bought one can of biscuits. I don't know why I'm using biscuits as a reference, <laughs> but now you'd go there and you can't find them, and then the next time you can't find them, and then the third time you find them, they got five cans, so you buy all you five buy cans. All. So there's the problem. It's true. It's bottled water right now. It's crazy. Bottle, I when I see bottled water, I, I load up because <laughs> the next time it's empty, and we don't want to be, you know left like the last time when all of us said, well, we're not mm-hmm. going to stock up on anything. This won't mean anything. And boy, it did. So. Listen, it was really uncomfortable uh, 
during the early days of the pandemic yeah. when we ran out of toilet paper <laughs> and there was nowhere. And I, I'll never let that happen yeah. again. No, I, I think everybody said the same thing. And the Sears catalog wasn't around. So, you know, you, right. didn't, you didn't have that option. So anyway, uh, shout out to uh, our music that we have. And I know I, you know, I harp on this all the time, but I love that we finally have some theme music for our show uh, from the uh, Canadian rock group, the Pat Travers Band. Although Pat Travers, I was reading an interview with him the other day. He said he, he's the only Canadian left in the band. So <laughs> that one guy's from England and one guy's from huh. anywhere and so on and so forth. So thanks to them. And uh, don't forget to see them in Sellersville, PA on March the 13th. They're going to be at the Sellersville Theater. Mm-hmm. So, um, man, oh, man, oh, man, we have been so busy in the past week. It has just been unbelievable. We, uh, we took in, oh, Probably close to fifty cars last week, and our sales sold thirty-five cars last no. week. No, yeah, it's it just unbelievable. <laughs> I don't know how we're keeping up, and you know, it, I mean, it, it, it's a combination of a lot of things. We have a mm-hmm. lot of inventory. Uh, we're marketing everywhere. Our our newsletter that we send out. If you hadn't signed up for our newsletter, it's classicautomall.com, and there's a place down at the bottom you can put in your email address. And we only send out once a month, unless there's some. Urgent announcement, which is very rarely happens, but we, we only send out once a month and, uh, we had a 52% open rate on our email blast That's last, really good. last week. And we have over, uh, 27,000 email addresses on there. So, uh, it really, really is, is amazing to see the growth of this from the past four years from when we started. And, uh, 6ABC was just out yesterday filming for a segment that they do for the Philly Auto Show. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had done that with us here 2018, four years ago. And, of course, it was a, a game changer for us. The Philly Auto Show and the show was a game changer for us because, you know, all of a sudden people knew who we were mm-hmm. right out of the gate. And uh, granted, we have good visibility, but I can tell you that <clears throat> people come here. And they say, well, I knew you were here, but I only thought you had eight or ten cars in here, not a thousand <laughs> right. that you have in here like we do now. Uh, some of the new inventory we've gotten in, though, we got a really interesting barn for find uh, 54 Chevrolet Bel Air. It's Pueblo Tan and India Ivory. Yeah, saw colors. that on the website. Yeah, mm-hmm. really a neat car. It's uh, ready to go. You know, and it's got a 350 in it, so it's a replacement engine. So it's a little resto mod ish, mm-hmm. uh, but it's uh, you know kind of a barn find condition. Looks like it's it's in need of uh, some somebody who you know has a fond spot or memory for one of those and and wants to uh, rescue it uh, instead of rescuing puppies, we rescue cars. Or just put here. some clear coat on it. Just that seems yeah. to be the trend. Put clear coat <laughs> yeah. over the patina, and, and then it'll bring. $150,000, right? Is that how it works? So, uh, we also got a, uh, a, tri- a 76 TR6 Triumph. And it's brown, and it's russet brown. Is that from the potato? Is I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where did that come from. I love those old names of colors. Though. Russet brown. Russet brown. Uh, it's got the 152 cubic inch six-cylinder uh, dual Strombergs, four-speed manual, and it's a blast to drive. Uh, any of these cars we're talking about are on our website. Or, or, I say they're on our website, and they are on our website, but they might sell. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got people walking in right now. And, yep. and uh, Helicoptering in. Helicoptering in. <laughs> Whirlybird, we like to call it you know i had a friend of mine who was uh, really wealthy and didn't know that i wasn't and said uh, i was talking about how long of a commute i had to work and he said why don't you just get you one of those helicopters like i got and i said you know i would but i just don't know where i'm going to be in a couple of years <laughs> like that would even matter so. right but um we got a, a really interesting and this falls into that daily driver category that we've talked about here that we you know people don't think of us as a daily driver outlet mm-hmm. but we got a magnificent 94 sl 600 mercedes uh, 
Uh, it's got the six liter V12, V12. 89 horsepower. Uh, it's got 92,000 miles, which, oh my God, that sounds like a mm-hmm. lot. And it, it, and you know, it's not nothing. Uh, but, uh, it is so well maintained and it looks like the leather has never been sat in. And I don't know how people keep leather that supple through, that was my big word of the day, yeah. supple, uh, throughout all these years. It's amazing. We got to ask Tim McNair, how do you keep We should have. <laughs> how do you supplize leather? So, <laughs> I mean, 94. 2004, 2014, that car's almost, that's 28 yeah. years old. Yeah. So, um, probably garaged and. Yeah, and it's got both tops, the soft top and the hard top. Okay. So, and it's white, which is the good color. For I thought those. you said Botox. No. Both, both tops. <laughs> both tops. Right. The driver usually has Botox, <laughs> but uh, we'll leave that at that. Um, got a 55 Packard Clipper Super Panama. What a cool car. What a cool name. They can't be that common, right? No, I mean, yeah. You don't see it's too many a, Panamas. It's Onyx and Opal Fire is the uh, color. And uh, that's great. got the 320 cubic inch V8. So that's that was a, a great, big motor. I'm sorry. It's a great starter. Yeah. Uh, you want to start collecting cars or get into a hobby? That's a, that's a good one, too. And, and price a 55 Packard next to a 55 Bel Air or a 55 Ford mm-hmm. or anything else from 55. I mean, you know, there's not uh, – the comparison is is not there because the others are going to be way more expensive. Right. So it's a great way to get in. Yeah. Um, we got a 51 Ford custom convertible, a yellow one that's really cool. It's got a 5-liter V8 uh, modern brake and suspension and my rider's favorite thing to say, miles deep paint. Right. <laughs> like you could dive into it, which we love to talk about. And it's got vintage air. So, you know, there's that. Yep. So, um, and vintage air is, you know, well known in the hobby. Maybe not everybody that's listening knows what vintage air is. And it's an aftermarket air conditioning, um, uh, compressor and system that you can put on these cars. And, and it doesn't take up as much space as the old compressors. They're, mm-hmm. they're about half the size. Is it under the dash kind of thing? It, well, you can run it under the dash. You can run it through but the you know the compressor goes in the engine compartment, or it can go in the engine compartment. I'm sure it could go somewhere else. Uh, I'm getting way outside of my level of expertise here. On like the guys always say, well, can't you put vintage air in that car? And I go, yeah, yeah. And they go, what did it cost? I don't know, two thousand dollars. No, it doesn't. It cost two thousand dollars twenty five years ago. <laughs> so I'm a little out of the yeah, loop when it comes to stuff like that. I'm sure now they can probably, you know, it's better than just you know you could get a window unit and stick it in the side of oh. your window like you've seen the big roll thing. Yeah, exactly. That was an interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, air conditioning thing. Right. Um, don't forget also, oh, and a 74 Pontiac Trans Am Super Duty we got in. One of 731 and 74 with an automatic transmission, which is surprising. They had quite a few of them. And that being the highest horsepower you know, Trans Am of the era, you would think that there would be uh, uh, less automatics than manuals, especially in 1974. But they made, I think the total, I think they made 900 and something mm-hmm. of those. And so only a couple of hundred of them were actually manual transmission, which, you know, the manual transmissions in, in Pontiac world are, you know, desirable, especially when you, uh, 79 Trans Am the last year of the 400 uh, uh, and, and a four-speed manual. Uh, the 76 Trans Am, which was the last of that era with the 455 in right. it, which is uh, a great combination. And the prices on those are really – I was talking to a client up in Canada, and he's looking to buy one. And I mm-hmm. think the going price is sixty or $70,000. Yeah, Trans Ams are, are on, the, on yeah. the uprise. And see, all those guys that made fun of me in high school. I know. I had a Trans Am, called me a redneck, you know. And now they all want one. They're all like – Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you I'd you say they're, always, they're almost as hot as Camaros. Yeah. Oh, we got a speaking we got an author here. So we got a Camaro author here. So I don't want to. Uh, yeah. Well, wanna. you know, Camaros have always been as popular as yep. they come. Maybe in some circles more popular than the Corvette. I mean, I, my, me personally, I'm a Camaro guy way before I'm a Corvette guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I 
dislike Corvettes or have anything against Corvettes. It's just not my thing. It's a yeah. little cliche for me. It's like 50s diner music in, in a classic automobile. It's just cliche to me, and mm-hmm. that's why I played the bridge, which right. is mellow rock, right. <laughs> which is elevator music. Good stuff. Yeah, it's really good, though. You know what? And it's come, to, a, come for the music, but uh, <laughs> stay for the cars. Out, stay and, for the cars. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we, we play the bridge because we, we try to, you know, we don't want it to be, you know, we don't need – Metallica playing and blasting out at nine o'clock in the morning. We just wanted some background noise, but it it wanted to be halfway cool stuff, so as well too. Right. So, and that's why we got Pat Travers uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, on the team. So, hopefully, he's going to come in and uh, be on the show with us one of these days, and that would be kind of cool. Uh, I had one of my clients tell me last week that uh, I may have said this before, and if I did, I apologize. But I'm going to say this often All on right. the show that he asked him when he went to check out a, a car if he tasted the oil. <laughs> Where did that come from? T- did you taste the oil? Oh. Huh. Interesting, isn't it? You know, um, don't forget also our friends in uh, Martinez, California with the Cobra experience. Uh, apparently, they have sold enough tickets where the, the GT500 is going to be given away. They're giving away a Shelby GT500 in June. And uh, if you go to CobraExperience.org and type in the code CAM, C-A-M-11, you know, you'll receive 25% more tickets when you when you, uh, and when you you go to their website and purchase some raffle tickets for the 67 Ford GT500. Mm-hmm. And when we return, we will have our special guest in the studio, Frank Incremona, who's a, an author and an all-around car guy and uh, probably got some interesting stories to tell about Camaros and maybe he'll uh, address your firebird dissing when he comes on. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live, if you're listening to us live or if you're in our studio here live. Um, and uh, beautiful downtown sunny Morgantown, PA, and it's a little warmer today than it was. It's been cold. It's been warm. It's been a pretty mild winter, so we're not complaining too much. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, uh, Frank Incremona, who is an all-around car guy, grew up and are born in Brooklyn, New York, so... That makes it hard to be a car guy when you're born in Brooklyn. I have talked to so many people that live in New York, and they go, 
I never even owned a car. <laughs> it's so funny. I mean, that's true though. I mean, did, did you grow up and you probably had people that didn't ever have cars or think about having cars? Yeah. A lot of our neighbors never, never had cars. Never had a car. Bus. Yeah. I just took the bus or the train, I guess, when in later years. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's funny. Um, when you grow up around cars in the South, like we did, um, you know, a car was we were just talking about this yesterday. A car was everything. I mean, everything that happened in your life, a car was involved with. You went to the doctor. You got married. You had your baby. You brought him home. You went on vacation. Everything was in your car. And so when you talk to people from Brooklyn and from, from you know, northern states that didn't have cars as much, it didn't reflect as much. So it really took a real passion. What got you interested in cars? Well, uh, my dad had a 57 Plymouth Savoy. Oh, nice. I like Which Savoy. was a... Pretty cool looking car. <laughs> yeah, in the day. And uh, my uncle Jack had a body shop. Right. And my dad had a little fender bender and had to drop off the car. And we went to pick it up, and when we picked it up, the, the door to the shop was open. And I see all these guys in there doing all this work on it, you know. Right. And it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you know, they're making it straight again. Sure, you know? sure. And that kind of got me started. And then uh, I got. I don't know why, but I could identify cars by their taillights <laughs> when they were going down the road. Right. You know, and we'd be driving down and like at night going somewhere, and my mm-hmm. dad would, you know, say, "What is that? That's fifty-five Chevy." Right. You know, that's the fifty-six Ford. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you couldn't figure out how I knew that. <laughs> how did you know that? Do you just did just watching and paying attention? Did you read car magazines at all back then? Uh, no, there was no car magazines <laughs> back then. I didn't mean you were that old before the printed word. <laughs> <laughs> but but there wasn't a lot of. I mean, there wasn't amount of car magazines like there were when I was growing up right. in, in the in the seventies and uh, or sixties and seventies. Um, but you know, it's funny. I mean, you just I guess we had a lot less information back then, and therefore it was easy to recognize plus cars had very distinct looks to them yes you know i mean the difference between a car nowadays they all look the same they're all cookie cutters yeah and the reason being is is that you'll talk to engineers and they'll say look we were all trained at the same school to get the same results the best aerodynamics the best fuel mileage uh, because that's such an important part of 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 the uh the landscape of cars right now they have to get a certain amount of miles per gallon sure so therefore you have but i was looking we were looking at a 55 uh fair lane Victoria that we have here and the amount of chrome on that car. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just beautiful. And it's unfortunate that you could never afford to do that on a car today. Yeah. True. You know, true. uh, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, it's a, uh, I mean, it's still, it's not a, it's not a dead breed because people still restore these old cars and people still restore chrome. There's still chrome shops, but the regulations in being in the chrome business nowadays have got to oh. be, you know, it's ridiculous. Frightening. So, um, so you moved to Pennsylvania in the 60s, right? 65. And uh, how did your car world progress from there? Well, <laughs> I don't know if it was fate. Right. But my neighbor directly to the left of us right. had a 65 GTO and then bought a 69 Camaro that he converted into a race car. Right. And my neighbor directly across from me had a 64 GTO. Right. And he put a 427 in. <laughs> well, of course. Why not? Yeah. And then my neighbor to the right of me, uh, his his dad was a Chevy dealer. Right. And he drove a 55 Chevy right. with a 265. He used to go to the track on the weekends. And that's the only that's the only way I got to sleep in the beginning because uh, I was so used to the noise right. of being in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that I would just sit there and toss and turn. And when he came back from the races or come out from being out late, I hear that car coming down the street and I was out cold. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, people use that nowadays with their kids. They take them out for a ride in the car sometimes just to get them to go to sleep yeah. because it's too quiet. We're hermetically sealed. In, uh, <laughs> so, um, so you're in you're in Pennsylvania now. What part of Pennsylvania were you in? Uh, Hatboro. Oh, okay, yeah. So, uh, and and so you're seeing all these cool cars. And how old were you at the time? Seven. Seven. So <laughs> already into cars. Like, yeah. You know, that's. I remember being into cars at a young age. I don't know what sparked me exactly. I know Hot Wheels had something to do with it. And Matchbox cars had something to do with oh, it. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not certain that was. You know, a lot of people say that kind of as a cliche. Oh, that's what got me started into the hobby. And I don't know if that's completely what it is. I know that I had a cousin who had a motorcycle who showed up at our place one time and that was cool and then just seeing the cool kids in the neighborhood driving a cool car oh, yeah. you know and thinking one of these days yeah <laughs> I'm it's gonna coming those, i'm yeah. gonna have that <laughs> what was the first car you had uh very first car i had was a 61 chevy impala right with a 409 oh wow <laughs> well and you started out slow right you yeah. Just, yeah easing into it right? right when i was 15 my dad made came home from work and he said he said do you want a car when you're 16 i went yeah <laughs> Do you want to go? So I go to school the next day saying, hey, Dad's getting me a car when I'm 16. You know, right, I'm all right. excited. I come home from school that day. My dad comes home from work. He goes, I found you a job. You start tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And then every week I'd give him my paycheck. He'd put it in a bank. Mm-hmm. And that, when I turned 16, he handed me the bank book and said, this is your money. Go find your car. Go find your car. So I started going through the evening bulletin at the time. The evening bulletin. Yeah, yeah. which is a dead player now. Yeah, sure. But um, – and – I go through all the classifieds, and of course, I'm looking for Chevys, Camaros, Chevelles, Novas, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's hot, and nothing's in my price range. So, one day, I just happen to look at the Bel Airs, and I see this 61 Chevy must sell $1,500, wow. and I'm thinking to myself, well, it's in my price range. Right. Maybe I'll, I'll lock out. It'll be a yeah. two-door. And, yeah, not something maybe you were particularly looking for, but yeah. it could so, fit the bill. So I called her, and it was a, it was a really nice old lady. And um, and she said, how old are you? I said, I'm 16. She goes, I think this car might be a little too much for you. <laughs> I go, why? She goes, he uses a lot of gas. I'm like, how, how much gas? She goes, I said, what size engine does it have? She goes, it's a 4-0-something or other. Right, I'm like, right. oh, my God. I found the holy grail, and you knew what you were. You knew what she meant when she said a four something. Yeah, yeah. There was no question. She goes. She goes. And I hope you can drive a manual transmission because it has a four speed. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm I'm in heaven now. <laughs> and then he says it's really hard to take care of because it has a it has a canvas top. Right. I go canvas top. Yeah. I said you mean a vinyl top? She goes no, it's canvas. It is this a, a convertible? convertible? She goes yeah. I went holy crap. Oh my goodness. And it was white with a red interior. Right. And it was just absolutely beautiful. Oh, my goodness. So I'm like, where do you live? And she gives me the address, and it's like two blocks away from me. <laughs> so I told my dad, I go, we need to go take a look at this thing right now. Right. He goes, well, go after dinner. I said, no, after dinner's too late. Right. It'll be gone by then. Get me there now. <laughs> so we go over, and we're looking. she opens up the garage. She's got it up on blocks. Right. The tires are off. They're bounded flat on wood. Right. And everything's just absolutely perfect. And I'm looking at the engine. I'm looking at everything else. My dad goes... What are you going to do with this thing? So I'm going to drive it. What do you think I'm going to do right, with it? Right. So he goes, well, she goes, how, and she goes, how much? She goes, she goes, fifteen hundred. And my dad goes, eh, would you take thirteen fifty? And I said, hold on a second. I told my dad, I said, we had a deal. I went to work. I earned the money. This is mine. Yeah. That's my car. Yeah. I'm buying it. Yeah. So he goes, all right. He says, but you have to pay, put gas in it. You have to fix it. You have to do everything. I'm not going to do anything. Sure. I'm like, okay, that's fine. So here we are. 
And I go, I can't out the $1,500 on the hood of the car. Right. She takes, she hands me the title. It's an A title. Right. Her husband was the original owner of the car. Wow. And I fold up the title. I put the tires on, get everything set up, get it on the ground. And I was going to put the top down for the ride home. Right. And she goes, please don't. I'm like, what? She goes, I might cry. Oh, the memories. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. All yeah. right. So we get home. And then when we get home, my dad motions to me to put the car in the garage. Right. His so, spot. Yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm P1 here. <laughs> this is great. So I put the car in the garage. I locked the door. And he looks at me and goes, give me your key. I'm like, what? He goes, give me your key. I go, Why? He goes, you don't have insurance on it. Right. You don't have tags. And so you can put that. You don't get to drive Which, it. by the way, costs more money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lots more. Lots more and insurance, too. <laughs> so I finally got the money together, and he handed me my key back. I got it out of the garage, and I took it for a quick ride around the, around the neighborhood. And everyone in the neighborhood is like, uh. Yeah. Where did this come from? Did they know what it was, or did they? Some of them did. Some of them did. Yeah. Some of them probably did. Well, my neighbor was my neighbor was a sales manager at a Chevy dealer. So he knew. Yeah, he knew. Yeah. Because he remembers me drooling over a 67 Camaro when he brought it home the first time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny how um, we, we we luck into things or, or things just happen for a reason in the car world. And sometimes you just find something like that. And you know, other times you can search for years and never, ever find anything oh, yeah. that you're looking for. And, uh, and nowadays, I mean, you know, there's still barn finds out there. Not the same way as that there was 15 or 20 years oh, ago yeah. in finding these cars and the holy grails in the garage. I mean, there's still some out there, no question about it. But, uh, boy, and, you know, people say to me, and I'm sure they say to you, boy, you should have kept that car all the time. Oh, yeah. You know what? Life happened. You can't just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to keep a car for 40 years and store it and insure it and move it and go through life and ups and downs and, you know, this, that, or the other. It's not as easy as it sounds. How long did you keep that car? I had it for about eight months. Right. Uh, Somebody followed me home, and I was really getting kind of worried because I thought I was going to get whacked. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I pull in the driveway. He pulls in behind me. He goes, you want to sell it? I go, no. No. (laughs) He goes, I'll make you you a good deal on it. I'm like, "Um, I I don't care. Right. And my dad comes out. And he's like, what's going on here? I want to buy your son's car. The negotiator. Yeah. (laughs) So my dad's like, well, sell it to him. I'm like, no. I don't want to sell it to him. This is my car. (laughs) So the guy makes some ridiculous offer. So I go, okay, I'll tell you what. You come here Monday morning with that much money in cash, right? and I'll sell you the car. Right. He goes, okay. And I'm thinking, myself, this guy's never coming back. We'll never see him again. Sure enough, first thing Monday morning. He was there. He's knocking on the door. Hey, I got the money. I'm like, oh, man. Uh, Careful what you wish for. So my dad's like, give him the car. Got to sell it to him. I'm like, all right. Did you have your eye on something else, though? Not at the time. Right. So, all right. So I got the money in my hand. And I see the car driving down the street, and now I'm getting teary-eyed. <laughs> like the lady when you yeah. drug it out of her garage. And I like think, I'm like, Dad, why do you make me do that? He goes, it was good money. I go, but it was the car. Yeah. It was the car. He goes, don't worry. He says, you'll be fine. You're right. <laughs> so, okay, so we step, step, we go forward a little bit, and uh, uh, my one of my friends from school, her husband, had uh, a 69 Camaro. Right. Big block. And he was selling it because they were having a kid and they needed the money. So I bought the car. White, black interior, uh, turbo 400, right. console gauges, uh, tech. You know, it was just really loaded. Right. And But it was a big block car. Right. And it was a real big block car. Nice. So, okay. 
So now I'm playing with this thing, and I'm, you know, of course, I'm making modifications. Sure, to it, doing yeah, all you kinds can't of leave it stuff. alone, right? And um, one, my, one of my friends says, you should have the heads done right? because these stock heads are crap. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I get it, I start looking for people to do it. I call Brandywine cylinder heads, right? and the guy doesn't have any time for me because I was asking a lot of questions. And you're a kid probably still, yeah. you know. So. so, all right, so I call Mondello heads out in california mm-hmm. and joe's talking to me for like two hours wow because i'm telling him, well i said look I, this is how much money i have to put into this but i'd like to do this that and the other mm-hmm. thing he goes send me the heads i'm like yep yeah, i want to know just don't worry about the money just send me the send heads. me the heads i'm like okay so i sent him the heads he's looking them over he goes okay this is what we need to do right away you right. know guides seals blah 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 all right okay he says now port matching little port work here and there blah 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 i'm right. like okay how much he goes how much do you have <laughs> i'm like well i said i only only budgeted about fifteen hundred dollars for this deal he goes fine <laughs> and it was a done deal it probably would have cost a lot more when we return we will continue with frank and cremona and talk about more things classic cars and special interest cars and muscle cars and camaros he had his hand in a in a uh, book back then and then worked at a speed shop and all kinds of interesting things uh, when we return hey folks this is victor with the on point with victor show make sure you listen every tuesday one to two only right here on america's web radio the on point with victor show remember folks i'm not angry I'm just right, and you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, live from the Classic Auto Mall studios from Classic Auto Mall Incorporated in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And the crowds are rolling in today. It's uh, it's amazing. I mean, just every Saturday seems to be getting busier and busier. We just have more and more people who have heard about us. And it's funny, you know, four years we've been doing this, four years we've been open and open six days a week and advertising everywhere. And you still get the guys... 250 yards from here over the mountain and says, I didn't realize you guys had all those cars in there. <laughs> think, well, golly, we must be really failing at the advertising uh, side of this, but uh, I digress. Um, we've got our guest Frank Incremona in here with us, a friend of, uh, f- another friend of the show and a friend of Classic Automobile, Bruce Shaw, um, who's a, an attorney, a lo- I say local attorney, but he is an attorney all over the world representing clients uh, with car issues and things that classic cars and misrepresentation and things like that great guy really knowledgeable about the car world has uh, been a been a big 
plus to our business and uh, introduced us to Frank. And uh, glad to have you here this morning, Frank. Thank you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, so tell us a little bit about you got a little authorship in you. Uh, you. You wrote a book. We were talking about your Camaro. And uh, I guess that was your start of your love affair with Camaros. Yeah. And, yeah. That got me started. Yeah. So you wrote a book, a fact book, which is difficult to do because there's a lot, that's a lot of knowledge to have all that stuff. And yeah. Especially back then. You can't just Google stuff. Yeah. We didn't have the internet back then. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It was all it was all elbow grease. To Absolutely, get it yeah. done. And you know, did I, I don't think I know that when I was younger, I didn't know enough about cars to know that there was cars that were really way more special than just the regular car. I mean, you know, I didn't know the difference between a 350 Camaro versus a 396. It didn't re- register with me. I just, I knew they were, I loved Camaros, but right. I really didn't know that there was a big difference. And yeah. of course, there's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> especially <crazy>. price-wise <laughs> yeah. and value-wise. So what got you to become an author? How did that happen? Uh, well, I've been playing with cars of course for uh, forever right uh went to uh tech school for auto shop right still working in working in shops here and there and um i started finding camaras in backyards you know parked no engine this that and the other thing and used up they were yeah mm-hmm. and um well back then you could get them for like two three hundred dollars <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> so i'd get them and then then of course the, the big thing is is it worth putting it back together, mm-hmm. or should I park this out? Right. You know, and any car that I that I stayed together and, and sold was good, but anything that I took apart, I made like a little list. Right. You know, this is the VIN number. Here's the tail tag information. Right. This is what was in the car. Right. And I just kept – I was making my own database. Yeah, and much. not many people were thinking about stuff like that no. or cow tag. Nobody even really knew what a cow tag meant or was or, or why it was even there. Exactly. Wow. And then I started noticing that the X codes on the 69s, mm-hmm. the big blocks had certain numbers and the small blocks had other numbers and blah. So I started collecting parts in my garage, or I should say my dad's garage, right. got – Completely filled up with fenders, <laughs> hoods, doors, trunk lids, spoilers, you know, everything I could think of. Sure. And um, and then at one point, Carlisle comes up. Wow. So I rent a truck. I get my spot at Carlisle. And I start loading everything in. Sure. And my dad says, what are you going to do with all this junk? I said, I'm going to sell it. He goes, how much money could you make? I said, I'll show you when I get back. <laughs> So I, I'm there for like two days. I sell out completely. Right. And I come home, and my dad goes, how'd you do? And I reach into my pocket, and I pull out a wad that's about three inches wide. Right. And I go, I did this. And he goes, Couldn't believe it. For all that we? junk? Yeah, junk, damn. I, yeah. I go, yeah. That is he goes, funny. He says, I would have never believed it if I didn't right. see it. Well, because, I mean, I think that a lot of people have that same mindset, is that this is no rusty part. Who cares about that? Yeah. But but when you're restoring a car and you don't have that part, yeah. then you do care about it. Absolutely. You know? And, of course, uh, you know, we've all gone to you know on to learn the lessons of things that we did to cars back in the day that we wished we hadn't have done because oh, sure. we didn't know any better. When we replaced a motter, you know, you replaced a, a, 302, a DZ302 and a Z28, and you put a 350 in there because the 302 was shot and it was going to cost more money to fix it then you could go buy a 350 for so you just chunk that into the junkyard yeah you know it's a shame i mean you know we always say too that not only are things like that happen but documentation that's in still in people's attics that uh, for these cars and uh, build sheets and all that stuff so um so you got all this knowledge about camaros so you say i'm gonna write a book well (laughs) 
had a little accident at work, right? And my back got messed up, and I was off my feet for about six months, right? And I was miserable, sure, because I couldn't do anything. So my girlfriend at the time says, "You've got all that Camaro stuff you've been saving. Do something with it." I'm like, "Like what?" She goes, "Write a book." <laughs> I'm like, okay. How am I going to write a book? I don't know how to write. I don't, I don't know how to do this. She goes, just start putting your notes on paper and right. find out what you got. That's funny. So next thing I know, I've got all this stuff on paper, and I'm like, hey, this may actually be something. Right. And then when I finally was able to get up and move around, I went to a lot of car shows, took a lot of pictures, and um, started assembling stuff together. When it was finally published, you know, it was like everybody's like, wow. Yeah, how did you do this? Yeah. <laughs> it it didn't seem as as difficult maybe doing it as they probably thought from the outside looking in when they saw the finished product. Yeah, because you know you're just compiling information. Like she said, she was right. Yeah, you got all the stuff there. Do something. With Do something it. with it. Yeah, I, I wish I, you know that's what my dad used to say about car magazines. He'd say, uh, you know, you've got all these car magazines. You could have bought a Ferrari or a, or a GTO or whatever it is you want. Uh, so, um, so you write the book uh, that led to some other writing jobs as well, too. Uh, yeah, about five years later, um, I was offered uh, the tech editor and uh, fe- tech and feature editor for Super Sherry magazine. Nice, nice, and. Uh, Moved to California. Right. That was a mistake. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But, it, you know, it was out there, and I was doing a bunch of stuff, and then I uncovered a, a lot of the uh, 67 Caltag right. codes. Right, And published them in the magazine. Right. I bet you that was kind of revolutionary back then, right? It was, but the editor didn't think so. Thought it was a waste of space? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and he, he should have put it up on the banner, you know, saying, this is what we got, and he didn't. Right. And one of his friends calls him up and says, why didn't you make this a banner headline? Right. He goes, why? He goes, are you kidding? People have been dying for this information for years. Nowhere to find it. Yeah. Yeah. He says, and here it is. Right there. So that went through. That's funny. That that issue sold out. Right. And because everybody was trying to get their hands on it. And, uh, you know, just... Well, and that led to some other things, too. You were in popular hot rodding. You did some writing for them as well, too. Yeah, and it kind of crossed over. Sure, sure. Well, you know, it's I, I write a little little article once a month for the AACA Speedster, and it's difficult. You know, you grab a blank piece of paper and you go, oh, okay. And I only have to do about five or six paragraphs, you yeah. know. But it's a lot. It's, it's sometimes it's, it's, it's difficult to get started. But I found, kind of like what your girlfriend said, is that if you compile all the information and you just start from a, a raw information side of it, then it comes together much easier than you would expect it to do. Yeah, and you have an outline. You have an outline. You kind of know what you're going to you're talking about. Know what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, any any desire to continue writing anymore, or are you done with that aspect of it? I'd love to, but right. I'm at a point now where people go, "How old are you?" <laughs> <laughs> and you tell me, go, eh, well, we'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. And that call doesn't happen to come back, does it? No, it doesn't. Well, <laughs> you know, I hope they don't put us all out to pasture. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't want to be working at Walmart as the greeter. But, uh, you know, <laughs> you never know, right? So um, I imagine that over the years some cars have slipped through your hands that you wish that you still had. Oh, yeah. Any particular that yeah. uh, come to mind? Other, I mean, we know about the 409. But, yeah, uh, the uh, my Camaro. Right. Um that got stolen. Yeah. Oh, wow. Never recovered. Never found. 
Maybe it'll be like that story in California. Did you hear that not too long ago? The guy, 40 years later, they found his Corvette yeah. or whatever it was. And he was like, I don't want it. No, no. <laughs> I don't want it now. I can't even fit in the stupid thing. I wanted it back then when it was cool. Yeah. It's kind of like when you, when you can finally get your dream car, but you're in your 60s. You know, it doesn't have the same effect, yeah. cause and effect as it does now. So, um, do you still mess around with old cars or you? Try to. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I have friends that have them. Sure. So I'm usually working on their cars because they don't know what they're doing. Sure. And, and, uh, and you worked at Bruce Shaw's Speed Shop for a while as yeah. well, too. He had a speed shop called Shaw's Speed Shop back in the late 60s, early 70s, was that? Uh, yeah. yeah uh, actually, I think Bruce started, like, back in the 50s. Oh, wow, yeah. Uh, in his mom's garage. Right. <laughs> that he converted to a shop. Right. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> does, uh, does, and of course, he had, I think, multiple locations, didn't he, around this yeah. part of the he world? Yeah, one in Bristol, one up in Trooper. Yeah. And then one in Willow Grove, which is yeah. the main store. Yeah, that's, uh, retail business is, uh, you know, one of those things. But yeah, Steve has got something to yeah, say. Yeah, I just had a question. You know, the 40, convertible 409 is a, is a holy grail. What's, what's the holy grail Camaro? What's the, what's the rarest yeah. Camaro? Yeah. What are people looking for? Yankos or uh, what? Well, the, the Holy Grail is the '69 Copo CL1, the, the aluminum block. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. That they're worth, gosh knows, what are they worth nowadays? <laughs> Who knows? What, whatever you want to charge for it, pretty right? much. I mean, if you look at what the prices at the auctions anymore, uh, I think you could just make up a price. You know, we've and, and that's happened before. I, you, we've had cars for sale mm-hmm. and literally raised the price and it sold. Yeah. I couldn't get an offer on it at a lower price. Somehow the 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 price point. Well, it's like my analogy of the rake. You go to Walmart. There's a five dollar, the ten dollar, and the fifteen dollar rake. Which rake do you buy? I buy the fifteen dollar one because I think it's going to last longer, and it's it'll last ten times longer than the five dollar rake, and sure. at least five times longer than the ten dollar <laughs> rake. But I don't know. <laughs> There's no hard scientific evidence to any of this, but uh, it's just my little world, so yeah. I can say whatever I want. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if you saw the results from Meekum. Oh my gosh! I mean, they were getting stupid money for these crazy, cars. and well, and 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 same with Barrett Jackson with resto mods. We were talking about it last week on the show. You know, seven hundred thousand dollars for a resto mod Corvette. Yeah. That literally, the sum of the parts is only probably about three hundred grand labor parts and everything. Yeah. So how does the three hundred grand investment become a seven hundred thousand dollar car? Is it work hard? I would argue that if it came from somebody well known, a Chip Foose or a Boyd Coddington or, or a name like that, then I could see that that's added value to the sum of the parts. Sure. But when it's built by somebody you've never heard of, yeah, kind of strange. And you know, we're funny. You're talking about the the uh, the cow tags and all that, and the decoding all of that. We have the you know you have the same thing with Ford's the Marty report. Where actually Ford had a lot of, you know, good information that they saved over the years. Camaro or, or General Motors was terrible at saving all oh, the information. But their archives are not bad. If you go to the Heritage Center, uh, they have a, an archive that shows some information. And then for Pontiac, they have the Pontiac Historical Society. Sure. And, and of course, it, it's funny about documentation like that. Somebody will say, oh, it has PHS documentation. And everybody goes, well, that means that it's all exactly what it's supposed to be. No, that means that was what it was born with. Right. And I think that there's a there's a misnomer that people think because it was born with something that must be what's in it now. Yeah, you know we hear that all the time. We hear guys that say, you know, "I've got a matching numbers X Y Z." Well, how do you know it's matching numbers? Well, the guy I bought it from told me. Yeah, 
didn't really do your homework. So, uh, but you know, do you do you follow the auctions? Do you watch them on television? Yes, sometimes. Yeah, I'm yeah. I mean, I... yeah. It's I mean, it's interesting to watch. I don't, you know, it's not always based in reality. No. I, I, I don't <laughs> think, but uh, that's okay. That's part of the hobby as well, too. I think that uh, uh, there's a place for everybody, whether people that you know like the uh, fame and being on television when they're buying a car or whatever it is, then uh, and so be it. But anyway, Frank, it was a delight to have you on the show, and uh, glad you could make it all the way up here to little old Morgantown, and uh, we'd love to have you back on any time. And sure. uh, now you're welcome to go roam the mallways and uh, see all the cool cars that we have. Okay. And when we return, we'll uh, talk some more things cars and uh, have our spokesperson, Alyssa Bainbridge, on. And we'll be talking to Alyssa here in just a few minutes. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearm liquidation service at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com, or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from the Classic Auto Mall studios in Classic Auto Mall Incorporated in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And that's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> We're, we have a lot of acronyms. We use CAM at CAM at... I think that would work better. Cam is a is much easier to say and think. And we have a special guest in the studio with us uh, on this segment of the show, Alyssa Bainbridge, who is our new spokesperson for Classic Automall Podcast. Welcome, exciting! Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. So your first day on the gig was what two weeks ago, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, we did a lot of promo spots and talking about cars, and I'm sure you learned a lot. And some you just hope went in one ear and out the other. <laughs> yeah. 
Definitely learned more about cars in one day than I have in my entire life. Absolutely. I think. And and your background is uh, you're a reporter, a news reporter. I am. Um, yeah. So that's fantastic. Uh, uh, and then you've also uh, won a few pageants in in the time, right? I so have. tell us about that. What have you done, and where's your aspirations to go from there? Sure. So uh, probably most relevantly to our audience, I am the current Miss Berks County. Hello, we're so, right here in Berks County. Yes. So I serve Berks County. I'm from here. I live in Leesport, went to Schuylkill Valley High School, so I'm local to the area. Um, and at least for a few more weeks, I'm Miss Berks County, uh, but that's part of the Miss America organization. Right. So I've been a part of that since I was 15. I was Miss Pennsylvania's Outstanding Teen, which is kind of the teen version of Miss Pennsylvania. Right. Um, I was Miss Philadelphia last year uh, for two years right. <laughs> because of the pandemic. Um, right. Now here I am, Miss Berks <laughs> County, and the goal is to go back to Miss Pennsylvania again this year and hopefully end up at Miss America. Miss America. If not yeah. this year, then hopefully in the next few years. Is there guidelines for Miss America? Do you have to be a certain age? Do you have to? of a certain background, or what is that? The, yeah, so um, certain age. It's between uh, the ages of 18 and 20, now 26. They, right. keep, they keep upping it. Right. Um, and then the teens are between 13 and 17. Well, because 26 is the new 18 or whatever they right. like I know. They just, every year they up it more and more. <laughs> so, yeah. So And and that's held uh, once a year they have the Miss America pageant. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah now so. it's in Connecticut. It used yeah. to be over in Atlantic City. Right. But now they have it in Uncasville, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. There's a casino there, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's in a casino. <laughs> in it's a casino. Sun. Yeah, that's the thing is, I haven't been there, but everybody says it's amazing. You know, know we have I've a casino heard. over here, but it's probably not the same level as the Mohegan Sun. Although it's a wonderful place. Uh, no, you know, yeah, you got to go check it out. It's really, you don't feel like you're in Morgantown, Pennsylvania when I'm you're sure. there. It's like, <laughs> where are we exactly? And of course, they, that's by design. There's no windows. There's no, you know, you don't know what time. There's no clocks on the wall. They want you to they just stay as long as you can. <laughs> so, and you went to school around here and college around here as well, too. I know? did. I went to college in Philadelphia. Right. I graduated from St. Joseph's University in May right. with my degree in communications and journalism. Fantastic. That's so. helpful for this gig. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd say so. So your dad's a car guy, right? And he's here today with you, right? So he's, <laughs> he is. Was he excited? more excited about this gig than you? I oh, mean, you know what is. I mean? He <laughs> was quite excited. He's been itching to come along with me, and uh, mom finally let him today. <laughs> but she probably held on to the checkbook, we're hoping, right? <laughs> Actually, I think so. <laughs> you know, it's funny how uh, car guys are car guys or car girls even as well too i mean Mm -hmm. when people are into cars it's almost to a fault that they'll just talk about cars all the time i mean it's just their thing i mean i'm sure you've probably noticed it just the little time you've been here and being out on the floor and and doing these segments uh what what surprised you about it when you were doing it last week for the first time was there anything that surprised you about this or was it just all a bunch of car stuff that it was like i don't know what the heck this is (laughs) definitely didn't know what the heck a lot of things were (laughs) i had to to practice the scripts a few times sure (laughs) like what how do i say this yeah (laughs) how do i say these numbers i did learn that people are very passionate about this and take it very seriously. Oh, so yes. like certain things you need to say the right way, like the numbers. Yeah. You know, some people say 180, 180. You got yeah. to yeah. say it right. People gotta, get very passionate about they that. They are. They are. So very, and, and making sure to be diligent. And you have to say Porsche instead of Porsche. Yes, that was, that yeah, that's was a big one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's one of those things. And you know, a lot of people, I mean, if you hear people on television or radio 
talking about Porsches, they say Porsche. A lot of people do it. It's not like just everybody, a few people make a mistake here. They're almost probably half the time or more than half the time they say Porsche. I said Porsche until two weeks ago. <laughs> well, see, if, if, if you got nothing else out of all this, you learned how to say Porsche. I know Porsche. how to say Porsche. <laughs> well, and there's, like you said, there's a lot of numbers and things that are the way that they're sequenced, like a 911 Porsche. You don't say 911. You, right. Some people do if they think that they're cool the way that they say it. But uh, And there's lots of little weird little things that uh, – but I get it. You know, it's it, you're talking about things that uh, maybe you haven't had a lot of knowledge about. But guess what? You'll learn quickly about things. Like FB stands for fastback or, you know, there's different things like that. So where do you see your career going as far as news reporting? Is, is that something you want to continue to do or is there other things you want to pursue with this communications degree? Uh, definitely. You know, I say I don't think I want to do hard news forever. Sure. It's not necessarily my forte. Um, and the station I'm at isn't really hard, hard news. I'm, I'm in a beach town, so right. it's fun stories. I'd like to break more into, like, lifestyle and enter- entertainment type of reporting and hosting. I'd love to own – not own, but host my own show. Sure, One sure. day, like a lifestyle entertainment type show. Nice. So I always see myself in the broadcasting realm, but right. maybe not quite doing news forever. Right. Sure. And I get that. And there's stepping stones to these things. Absolutely. And of course, you got to move west of here, right? Like far, far west, <laughs> like California, right? Uh, Is that the goal eventually? To get goal. To... I actually want to end up right back in Philadelphia. Well, and in this day and age with modern technology, you know, look at us. We have a studio in our in our facility here. Exactly. I mean, that was something that 15 years ago wouldn't have happened. It, well, you, it would have been so cost prohibitive, you couldn't have done it. So I think you can be Arguably, you can be anywhere and do anything these days Absolutely. because of the internet, because of the you know Zoom calls. I mean, we have guests on that are just on the video screen. Right. So yeah, and you know, broadcasting isn't limited just to the television anymore. Oh, There's that's a true whole too. World of digital media and so many opportunities that have been opened up exactly because of the internet and digital media. So and, there's and it's, so many different. It's, yeah, it's funny that uh, people think that because we do this radio show or this podcast from here, somehow that that we're more professional because we do it. And it really is just us doing our own thing on our own time. So right. it doesn't necessarily make us more professional, although it's been fun to do. Um, because you learn a lot of things when you do these. And, and just like what you're doing, you know, you're just learning. You're going to learn every time you hear about something. Whether it's useful or not, who knows? But always the ability to learn is more important sometimes in what you do learn. I agree. You know, so, uh, so you're going to stick around. Don't move to the West coast. You'll stay in the Pennsylvania (laughs) area so we can, you know, keep using, utilizing your services over the years. And, uh, today y'all are going to do some features on some cars. And if you guys watch out on TikTok and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and I don't know. <laughs> just did I get them all? Okay, thanks, Steve. Uh, they're over here like giving me cues. It's like say this, say that, say don't say this, don't say that. So, but we're starting to get some real traction on some of these ones that we did last week or two weeks ago I with know, you. I and people heard. are really, really paying attention and, and watching. And so, uh, certainly, if you get a chance, check us out on any of those sites and uh, check out Alyssa. You've got your own website. Side as well, too. I do. It's yeah. just my name, AlyssaBainbridge.com. There you go. So go check it out and see all the cool stuff that she's done. And uh, uh, thank you for being on the show this morning with us, Alyssa. Thanks and don't let Steve and them work you too hard today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have fun. Yeah, exactly. So so a couple of things uh, that we didn't cover. Uh, last week's Four on the Floor, which was uh, uh, the one that we did that was the Rhinestone Cowboy Appropriate. What car was that? I don't remember now. Which car did The Rhinestone Cowboy Appropriate. Live 1957 to 1976. Binary. Get in and bring your plywood. Yeah. That was 
and El Camino. Yeah, the plywood kind of gave it away. Yeah. I think that would probably made it a little easier. Um, this week's four on the floor version is uh, so. Here's the premise: we have give you four clues. And if you know what specific year making mo- stock number year making model of the car that's in our inventory cu- currently, uh, send us an email at podcast at classicautomall.com with the correct answer, and we'll send you a hat. And they're cool hats too. They're not cheapy hats. They're expensive hats. So, so the four clues are for the four on the floor: destructive rage, huh, land shark, year one unibody, older cousin is a movie star. So those are your four clues for four on the floor. Destructive Rage, Land Shark, Year One Unibody, Older Cousin is a Movie Star. I, I think it's way easier than past <laughs> clues. Because you're the one who creates them. Um, so this past week, we had an amazing week. We were saying earlier, sold 35 cars in one week. That's just – I don't even want to tell my new car dealer friends that. They look at me like, really? Because <laughs> they, they're, they're having a hard time getting inventory, and I feel bad for them. So – where all did we sell cars, you might ask, this week? Well, how about Northridge, California, Brooklyn, New York, Walworth, New York, Newcastle, Delaware, Frederick, Maryland, Dedham, Massachusetts, Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada, Corum, New York, Zephyr Hills, Florida, Toms River, New Jersey, Virginia Beach, Virginia, Middle Island, New York, Morrow Bay, California, Owasso, Oklahoma, New Kensington, Pennsylvania, Coatesville, Pennsylvania, Seven Valleys, Pennsylvania, Chalmette, Louisiana, I'm sure I butchered that, Gordonville, Pennsylvania, Lambertville, New Jersey, Wadsworth, Illinois, Brennigsville, Pennsylvania, Palo Alto, California, Lambertville, New Jersey, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, Hamburg, Pennsylvania, New York, New York, Leesport, Pennsylvania, Charlestown, West Virginia, Chadsford, Pennsylvania, Millville, New Jersey, Fleetwood, Pennsylvania, Wakeman, Ohio, Fredericksburg, Texas, and little old Branson, Missouri. Yeah, we sold one to my old uh, little stopping grounds. That's interesting, and it sounds like Alyssa's dad may have purchased a car. I was going to say, uh, I hope that Leesport wasn't my dad. <laughs> well, well, now, I'm sorry. Maybe I didn't mean to say Leesport. I meant to say Gleesport. Yeah, 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 yeah right. that was what it was. It wasn't Leesport at all. What are you talking about, Alyssa? Um, so, anyway, um, we were featured, as we said, and don't forget to check it out on the, the 6ABC, uh, came out and filmed yesterday for about three hours and got some great footage of our place. So, we're going to be featured uh, for the upcoming Philly Auto Show on their hour-long segment. I don't know how long we get. We filmed for three hours. We'll probably get 19 seconds. If you're yeah. <laughs> if you're I was on a show, American Hot Rod, and they filmed me for four days, and I got five seconds that I was literally on air. I was like, well, yeah. that was a big waste of time. Um, some of the shows coming up that uh, we're, we're going to be at, uh, we're going to be at the Boca Raton Concord de Elegance uh, coming up in uh, next uh, week from, t- I don't know, it'd be tomorrow. <laughs> if this airs a week from now, it'll That's be right. tomorrow that I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Boy, this is – I'm having – I'm really – I'm very yep. confused, and it's not hard to do. Um, and then Amelia Island is the week after that, and then the Philly Auto Show is uh, March 5th through the 12th. Uh, next week's show, we're going to be on vacation, so I won't actually be here, so we'll run a repeat, mm-hmm. uh, which will be a week from – I don't know when. Yep, I can't yep. do the math. A week, so. from, a week from Saturday. So I wrote an article last week. I write an article every month for the uh, AACA Speedster. It's their newsletter. And I wrote one about etiquette around automobiles, and my wife wouldn't let me post it or, or even talk about it. She says I have to nice it up a little bit because it wasn't very nice. It wasn't that it wasn't nice. It was just a little bit of a rant about you know how to act around old cars. And there's certain ways that you should and shouldn't act. So anyway, we'll get into that next time. The article I rewrote was the Model A is dead and other myths. Um, a lot of people have been calling the Model A was one of the first kind of collector cars that uh, that were out in the world that people started collecting as antique cars. And we've all predicted the demise of the Model A, that they're never going to be able to sell anymore. They're never going to be able 
able to to uh, they're never never going to be relevant for any longer period of time than ten years ago or twenty years ago, and they yet they remain relevant. People still buy and sell Model As, and uh, and and with quite a lot of frequency. So uh, you know, go figure that. What do what what do any of us know? So uh, next week on the show, as I said, it's a, a vacation day for me. Thank God, everybody will can use a week long break of uh, me, and uh, we will uh, be back in two weeks uh, with a special guest uh, to be determined. Uh, don't forget to check us out on all the uh, sites, uh, uh, Instagram, YouTube, uh, TikTok. What did I miss on that? YouTube. No, uh, Facebook. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank God you're here. I don't know what I do. At Classic Auto Mall. At Classic Auto Mall, yeah. I don't know what I'd do without you. And don't get stuck in traffic again, <laughs> all right? Anyway, we'll see you guys next week, and thanks for listening, and uh, talk to you soon. We appreciate your listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.